The following is a Kingfisher Media production. Hey guys, you're listening to the In the Blood podcast. I am your host, AC Bergen Fisher, and thank you so much for listening, whether you are a new or returning listener. I'd like to invite you to find a quiet place where you consider what's being shared with an open mind and a receptive heart. Before we begin, though, the following disclaimer. I am not a therapist, and nothing presented here should be considered as therapy. If you feel that therapy would be beneficial, please seek out a licensed therapist who you trust. Hey guys, before we get started today, I just wanted to send out a huge thank you to everybody for your support. When I decided to switch back to an audio only format and move away from the YouTube videos, I had serious concerns that a lot of you guys were just going to disappear. But in fact, some fairly significant growth seems to have been the result instead, which is awesome. Also wanted to encourage you who have been listening and enjoying to check out my updated webpage at www.acfisher.com. That is A-C-F-I-S-C-H-E-R.com. And there's a little bit about me on there, links to current, future, and past podcast projects, and yeah, just some really, really good stuff there. I wanted to begin with a quote from an unknown author. It says, when you keep your relationship private, you close it off to the superficial and open it up to the kind of substance that can only grow between two people. When I read that, I was reminded of the ways in which I had mishandled my first marriage. Of course, what we're going to cover today isn't limited to romantic relationships. I think it's true of any relationship, whether it be family, friend, parent, child, uh, co-workers together, whatever. There's a certain degree of privacy, I, I think, that needs to exist between any two people in order for a circle of trust to be established. Without that circle of trust, I don't think that any sort of meaningful relationship is possible. And so that's sort of like the, the the jumping off point here. Now, I mean, keeping in mind like how absolutely crucial that circle of trust is and how dependent it is on privacy, you know, you might wonder why did I share these private details in the first place? It wasn't that I was setting out to undermine healthy relations, quite the opposite. In fact, I was trying to gain an understanding of the person I was dealing with by going and seeking the counsel of my most trusted support system, which at the time was, was friends and family. And it, it wasn't that I didn't have the option of, of asking my wife, you know, like, Hey, what's going on? Can you help me understand? It just, I wasn't understanding the combinations of words that she was using. Everything made sense to her, but unfortunately it wasn't making sense to me. And because I cared about her, I wanted to gain that understanding. And because I couldn't gain that understanding from her directly, of course, you know, as I said, I, I went to my support system thinking that this was the right move. And in some ways, perhaps it was, 
but in other ways, I, I'd say probably not. Because while these people were actually trying to be helpful, I, I believe, at least for the most part, I think when they heard some of the negative things I was saying, they couldn't help but get defensive of me. Because, well, you know how it is. When you care about somebody, you care about their well-being, and there is that side of you that becomes protective. And sometimes you get protective at the expense of serving the situation in the healthiest ways. And and I think that that was like the, the biggest way in which it kind of blew up in my face to go looking for help is that my support system started to develop a bias against my, my wife, which set her up and it set me up honestly into not the easiest position, especially for two people that were struggling to relate. I mean, there's a lot of excitement that comes from being newlyweds, but there's a lot of confusion and frustration as well, especially when you're doing it for the first time. And especially when a child has come into the mix, maybe a little bit earlier than um, is practical, but you know, life happens in that way sometimes. Right. And while I did take some positives back with me into the relationship, you know, like I could go back in and, okay, now I'm, I've gotten a fresh perspective of more, where my wife is coming from. I've talked to a couple of female family members and friends. I've gotten like the quote unquote woman's point of view. You know, everything started making a little bit more sense. But the problems were that these things that I had talked to my, my friends and family about did end up getting back to my wife. Because while some of these people had been loyal to me just right across the board, others had sort of like a more unhealthy loyalty, you know, the kind where they're loyal to your face. And then as soon as you walk away, they stab you in the back. And the the backstab came in the form of a couple of these people going back to my wife and saying, hey, you know what AC was saying about you? Of course, now this conflict that I had attempted to resolve and had thought that I had resolved through gaining these additional perspectives now came back twice as strong. It blew up in my face because in addition to the original thing, now we had the violation of the circle of trust in play. And justifiably, my wife was really, really upset about that. Now, at the same time that I was going and seeking counsel, trying to, you know, like I said, get these other perspectives, my wife had been doing the same thing with her circle of friends, with, with her family. And some of these people were shared connections. <laughs> so th these people were kind of getting both sides of the story. And for those people that had access to both sides of the story, had access to both of the players in the game, and who also had an appetite for stirring the pot a little bit, they were able to play both ends against the middle. And, you know, <laughs> whereas both of us started off trying to get along, what we ended up doing was creating a situation where it was absolutely impossible to get along. So that eventually motivated me to get out of the habit of going and seeking outside support and getting more into the habit of reading books, maybe talking to a counselor, talking to one single person who I knew for a fact I could trust 
who wasn't going to go and blab back to to my wife and who wasn't going to spin drama that I was trying to avoid. And I really did believe that that was going to be the end of the problems. It turned out that it, it, it wasn't really the end of the problems because I had for so long been going and running and talking to other people. And at the same time, knowing that she for so long had been running and talking to other people, even though I had stopped this behavior and she said that she had stopped this behavior, I was having a really, really difficult time trusting that she had stopped this behavior. And, and as a result, that circle of trust still was, was broken and it became extremely overwhelming. And frustratingly, I, I didn't really feel like I had anywhere to turn because, I mean, they say that when you are overwhelmed, then you, you tend to go back to old habits, or at least you're tempted to go back to old habits, no matter how unhealthy or dysfunctional those habits are. And I really, really didn't want to do that. So I'm stuck in this situation where it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling unsupported. I'm not trusting my wife and and to be clear it's it's not that like she had given me reason to mistrust her this was just my own insecurity you know when when you know what you have been capable of it's very very easy to believe that another person is or has been capable of similar things i, I believe that's human nature over the course of time we we, we tried several different things to try to come back from that and unfortunately it just it, it, it turned out to be a case where we, we couldn't come back from it and not that not to say that we we couldn't break the bad habits i mean we broke the bad habits but one of the byproducts of us having a history of talking to other people is that each of us had sort of rallied troops to our own side. So when we made the conscious decision, like, okay, we're going to try to make this work and we're going to close the doors on all of these external influences. We're going to focus on each other. We're going to lean into each other's opinions because these are the only two opinions that really matter in the context of this relationship. There were a lot of people that were still spectating that didn't seem inclined to let that happen. It, it was weird. It's like I, I almost became like afraid to let my friends and family know when things were going well with her. You know, because when I did indicate anything positive, then I would be met with things like, well, you know, you remember the last time. Are you sure she's changed? And, and it's not that these were like comments meant necessarily to stir the pot. They might have been offered in the most loving and sincere ways possible. But the effect of which was, even though I had made a determined effort to focus on the, the strengths of our relationship, the things that we could build upon, I was constantly being reminded of the weak areas of the relationship, the ugly things, the things that like, brought up past hurts is like I kept on emotionally finding myself back in that frame of mind where the worst of the conflict had been just because of these people saying, Hey, are you sure she's changed? 
Are you sure you can trust the situation? They were feeding that doubt. And this is what was coming from the good people. The, the, the people that had the input that was maybe not so productive. These are the people saying, well, you know, if it was me in your shoes, I wouldn't take her back. I wouldn't put up with that. How many more times did she have to hurt you before you finally learn your lesson? One person said, you're like a dog that's like going and rolling around in its own puke. What's wrong with you? And I'm thinking, you know, like, I'm not rolling around in my own puke. I'm like committed to my, my, my relationship. I'm trying to fix it. Why can't anybody see this? Right. And so I found that it was like <laughs> my, my relationship with the, with, with, with my wife, who should be the most important person in my world at this point. This is a relationship that is not being met with widespread approval. It's just easier for this relationship now to play out in private, you know, and her and I ended up being kind of socially isolated too, because it just, we had both created this ugly situation where as soon as our relationship was exposed to the light of day, it was being attacked from all angles. That's not a healthy way to be. You know, and so we, we couldn't go out together and do couple things because like I said, we, we'd be under attack if we went out as individuals. I, I mean, I know what my experience was. I would see when she would go out with her friend, she'd come back with a bit of a chip on her shoulder. And it just like, I, I could tell by that little bit of a chip on her shoulder that she'd had her nose rubbed in things that she probably didn't want to think about either. It just, it, it was so, so, so unhealthy and so unnecessarily difficult for us. And it was all just because we didn't understand each other and we were trying to help our relationship. We just went about it in the wrong way. And, and as time went by, we realized more and more that the only way we were going to come back from all this would be if we were to replace all of our friends and all of our family. Because, I mean, once that support system had been polluted once it had been tainted compromised however you want to look at it these people had now become the enemies of our relationship now like i said at the beginning this isn't the sort of thing that is limited to a romantic or sexual relationship this could be something between two friends i mean any two people that are trying to understand each other by involving exterior sources they put themselves at risk of this sort of thing now when we're looking just to get people to validate us because I don't know. There's any number of unhealthy reasons why we might want validation, even though the other person isn't entirely at fault. Sometimes it just feels better to pretend that we haven't done anything wrong. And sometimes it just feels good to have people treat us like we're the hero of the story. I understand that motivation. I've been there too. I'm embarrassed to say that I've been there too. But, you know, just keep on reminding yourself that circle of trust. Without that, your relationship is never going to be meaningful. And if spinning a little bit of drama and being enabled, really, 
is more valuable to you than that relationship, then why bother talking about it at all? Just walk away from it. I mean, at least if, if, if you're aware of what you're doing, I mean, walk away from it. Now, as always, I have to point out that if you are in a relationship that you understand to be abusive, or maybe you're not sure if you're being abused, the, the problem with like ongoing abuse is it becomes normal. And most of us, we don't take a lot of time to take multiple looks at what normal is. We just accept it and we move on and it becomes invisible to us. But, you know, sometimes we're confronted with something that makes us question our normal. And in situations like that, if you think you're the victim of abuse, then by all means, find somebody that you trust that you can talk to. Not everybody. Not a group of somebodies. One person that you know is going to offer wise counsel and run some things by them and then see how it shakes out. Take it from there. But outside of that potentially abusive uh, relationship scenario, I, I really, I, I hope you understand how much danger there is in involving a community in trying to sort out what's happening between two people. Because in my experience anyways, it's just, it, it, it doesn't work out so well. And I want everybody to understand too, that this isn't just limited to, you know, who we're texting or calling or having coffee with or whatever. It's not just limited to these face to face conversations. Unfortunately, most, if not all of us are dealing with, with that ugly beast called social media. And sometimes you don't even really have to air your dirty laundry, at least not in detail. It could just be like a simple post like, oh, I hate my life right now. The kind of thing that raises questions where people start filling in the blanks. They just start assuming that your partner is a garbage person. Don't set them up. You know, likewise, don't build up your relationship to the point where, like, it's just unrealistically overhyped. Oh, my God, life is wonderful. I can't imagine life without you. Oh, my partner, my partner, my partner, my friend, my friend, whatever. When you go on and on in ways where people know that you are exaggerating things to the max, they have an interesting tendency to just thinking, screw you. They start looking for ways to undermine you, looking for ways to, without being formally invited, offering criticisms of your partner, of your relationship, of your friendship, of whatever. You know, and I'm not saying don't share anything about your real life on social media. Just be conscious, be considerate of how these things might be interpreted down the road. Maybe there's certain things you want to make sure aren't shared with certain people because past experiences told you that, you know what, this person doesn't really like to see my relationships succeed for whatever reason. I'm not going to guess at what those reasons are. You probably have a decent idea yourself, so we'll just leave it at that. Fair? So now that I've had like years and years to think about this, years and years of therapy, of course, you know, years of learning better communication skills when dealing with people that I relate to. 
I've learned that it just not it to, to me anyways. I can't speak for you. To me, it's not worth the gamble. I don't want to risk something important. I, I really don't. And I don't want to just say I don't want to risk something important on these sort of tactics. I, I don't want to expose my relationships to any unnecessary risk. I don't want to gamble them in any unnecessary ways. What I want is to expose them to things that are going to build them up, that are going to strengthen them. I want to do preventative maintenance from the inside. I want to check in with these people. I want to say like, hey, how are we doing? Is there anything you need from me that you're not getting? Is there anything I can offer you that, or is there anything I can offer you more of? Because I mean, this, this, this communication, it's so important. When we start guessing at what the other person might need, we might be fixing something that's not broken. We might actually be like taking away a valuable component in favor of another negative component. We have to talk to each other. You know, that that's one of the reasons why I just absolutely hate the golden rule, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto, unto you. I prefer to operate in a way where it's, you know, like I do unto others as they would prefer I do unto them. And the only ways to get to know what that looks like are to pay close attention over time and also just ask them, like, what do you like? What do, what, what do you want? And if like what they like, what they want, what they need, if that's compatible with the way I roll, then like why deprive them of it? If they're asking for things that are unrealistic, they need things that you don't have to offer. Well, then, hey. <laughs> I guess that's a story for another day. That's just a different a, a different set of challenges, but just sticking with that privacy component, sticking with the, you know, like don't involve everybody else, just involve the people in the relationship wherever possible. Keep it in keep it limited to those people. Because again, like I mentioned earlier, there's only two opinions that matter, and that's the opinions of the two people that are talking to each other about the relationship between the two of them. Anyways, I hope this is received in the way that I had intended to communicate it. Sometimes it's difficult to know. <laughs> I can't read the room when I'm speaking into a microphone and, and, I'm, and I'm sitting alone. If you've got thoughts on this or anything else I've shared before, feel free to send me an email in the blood pod at gmail.com I'd love to hear what you have to say if you think I'm on point if you think I'm completely wrong or anything in between feel free to weigh in I'd love to to hear about it I'd love to chat about it even if you'd like to come on and have a conversation with me on the podcast that's an option too we can figure that out but you know this week just Think about the relationships you have. Think about what they mean to you. Think about how dependent they are on trust. Think about ways that you can go about strengthening that trust and ways you can go about avoiding anything that's going to weaken it. So until next week, my friends, much love. Much love.